Welcome to Fido's Podcast, home of the world's first dog tap house. We are working to provide you a fun, welcoming, and educational social environment that inspires you to adopt homeless dogs. Here is your host, Scott Porter. Welcome to Fido's Podcast. This weekend, we started the first annual Barks Brews and Blues event. We had Kevin Self and the Tornadoes, Ben Rice, AC Porter, and we had two vendors, 48 North Pizzeria and Barklandia. We were all there to help raise money for Oregon Friends of Shelter Animals. I am going to play you a short excerpt from the incredible blues musicians that we had. And then we're going to get right into the interview. And welcome to Fido's Podcast. We have just finished a great night. John, you know, I never did ask you how do you pronounce your last name? Nish. Nish. E is silent. Okay. <laughs> I have to thank <laughs> John Nish because he is a patron that uh, retired recently from playing 40 years. Yes. 40 years of playing the, uh, the bass guitar. And he and is drums. the one that suggested this. And the suggestion was to bring in a local blues band to help out that like dogs, to help out with me as a new business and help out with Hafasa, but I want to welcome the fact that we have Kevin Self and two of the tornadoes. Two Kevin tornadoes. Self, <laughs> Alan Markell, Dennis Lusk, but we also have Ben Rice and AC Porter. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I have to tell you, man, this listening to this music tonight, you guys really are the we had one other small band here uh, a year ago, but I, I'm going to say you are the first live music. I have a very small music background from high school, and I was really impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Especially you with the fact that one of you is a meteorologist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. They actually did something besides, what? you know, hey, I play music? It, I stopped it from raining today. Music. As soon as we moved that tent over, I was like, right. I know when we moved the tent, it's not going to rain. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So how is the... So so where are you all from? Are you from... How long have you been living in the Portland area? Yeah. So the three of us uh, moved here at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Twelve years ago. Uh I'm Kevin, that's Alan and John. We all moved here in 2007, right around 2007. Yeah, I think I, was, I think I was the first one. Yeah. I beat, I think, by two weeks yeah. or something. And you so. came here because? Um, I actually, well, I, I'm uh, from New York and New Jersey. I both lived in, uh, and then I had a friend of mine who was just pestering me and moved to the West Coast. And I was first like, Oregon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, typical, like, uh, you know. New Yorker, kind of, and uh, I came the summer before we came and uh, just visited, and I kind of fell in love with the for this course John, the summer, but you know, it was John, really you're great. from back east also. Yeah, we we actually went to we college went to for a little bit. We went to college together. Yeah. Yeah. Back in New York. Yeah, well, in Jer- New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. We are. How did AC and Ben and Scott. Alan? How did you get here? Scott. Who's pizza is yeah. that? Scott's. You're doing 
That's my pizza. Okay. It's, it's all my all pizza. All right. We interrupt this Scott. podcast. Okay. Okay. Hey, you're I had a pepperoni. You're part of the podcast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you're part of the podcast now. Yes, you are. Yes. All right. You said, "How did I?" I grew up sponsoring the show. I grew up in Newburgh, not too far from here. Oh. And I kind of, I grew up going to the Blues Festival, and I started playing guitar when I was seven, and I'd go to the Blues Festival. Like every year, kind of getting inspired, and eventually, kind of got into playing blues, and then um, going to the local blues societies events and watching people like AC play and Kevin play and, and stuff. Guys. So, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember the first time I saw Kevin Self play. Like I had heard about him, and then he was playing the Waterfront Blues Festival, yeah. and I was walking from the vendor tents. This like guitar player is like just killing it on stage. I'm like, what is that? And just like this like soaring guitar solo. It's like, dude, what? And I look up and Kevin's like playing his flying V, and he's like, he's like uh, got his hat turned backwards, got like long hair, and like I was like, yeah, it was killer. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. So you're Portland, Oregon native. Yeah, yeah, totally. And. Alan, you're no, Dennis. That's Dennis, Dennis, Dennis That's and Alan. Alan. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Dennis, you're from this area? No, I'm from Oklahoma. He's an Okie. When did you get uh, here? Uh, well, I moved to Portland in '76. I mean, to Seattle in '76, and Portland in '86. Okay, so that's called like native. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, anything between. Yeah. And AC, um, I'm pretty much a local boy, Oregon, Eugene, born, raised, moved here when I was 30. You don't have family that like came through Texas because that's where my family came through. Not that I'm aware no. of. Where in Texas? <laughs> no. I don't know. My grandfather is a Texas guy. That's about. That's that's my about. Grandparents where... are in Eugene. I'm not sure how they ended up transplanting there. Everybody's kind of gone on my side of, the, of that that all yeah. that family there. So yeah. I don't know anybody to ask anymore. So you're they do the ancestry thing. I should. <laughs> you're right. lead guitar. Yeah. With your own, you have your own band. Yes, AC and the Live Wires, as well as Ben Rice and yeah. Ben Rice Live. Uh, just Ben Rice. Ben Rice, and how many players in your band? Um, it's like you know, usually it's three, maybe sometimes four, and if, uh, sometimes it's five. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to work on like, I'm trying to like. Usually it's a trio, and then I'm trying to like work my way up to be like being able to afford a piano player too, because then I can just kind of sing for a little yeah. bit and not have to play. I mean, I like playing. Well, I'm going to go somewhere that John talked to me a number of years ago, or not years ago, but maybe a year ago when he was still playing, when I figured out that he was actually a bass. I didn't know what he did initially. And then uh, he told me at some point that he was, like, playing his last gig for down at St. John's. Oh, he's playing at Slim's. At Slim's. And he said, you should come down and see me. It's like my retirement night. I'm like, what do you you mean? And that's kind of when I really figured out that he's a freaking bass guitar player. So I went down there and I watched him. I had a great time and he's he's a good player. But one of the things that he told me about, which was interesting and sad, was that he said at one point that the the music scene is did you basically it's stagnated for so many years that you were at one point you were making more money 
when you were in your 20s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All of us feel that way. Were. That have been around. Yeah. Uh, well, when, I was, when I was uh, 20, when I started 23 years ago, I was making I was making more money a night. And I was living, I'm from Virginia, and I was living, and it was a lot cheaper to live 20 years ago. Well, is it, why is that? Uh, there's a couple different reasons. The, the biggest one is that it's the genre itself that we play is not, I mean, honestly, it's not popular among younger people. You know, the 20-something-year-old kids aren't going out, and they're not spending the money. They'll drop $100 at a club like that, but you can't, you couldn't pay them to go into a club to watch a blues band. Um, and a lot of it has to do, I think, with the different venues and and. There's not like a, if there was like a cool, really hip venue that was like chill and everybody could go and hang out and there was a blues band playing in the corner, they would go and see it. But there, we don't have the venues like that. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's the thing I, I really think that has just hurt it. Um, it's a weird. Yeah. And a lot it's of times. Yeah. Man, Cause I think you, almost every other commercial you hear will have blues on yeah. the TV. And it's just like it's almost especially you, for Viagra. You, you, yeah, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a hollow wolf no, on but the it, Viagra. It's one of those of things it. where there's like a stigma to the name, but if people yeah. come and see it, yeah, you know but, they like it. But yeah. it's just when you know. you know, I'm sure when when AC, you know, he's a little bit older than I am. When you were playing in the '80s, you know, you were in your you're in your 20s. Same fifty to hundred bucks a gig. I know, but was but but nice. you had you had your friends in your in the, in the 20s That's going true. out to see it, and it Places just kind of packed. graduated to everybody is a lot older now. They don't come out. They're That's not true. drinking. They're not spending. And so. I mean, it's the thing that's happened with popular forms of music over time, like jazz. I mean, jazz is almost non-existent in this city, in most cities. Anymore. That's true. And it's just... Classical? Yeah, too? classical. Gosh, that's even worse. I mean, there's all the... Yeah. So <laughs> there aren't any venues like I don't want to get into yeah, it, no, it's, like, it's, it's all started with karaoke. Nights a week. Yeah. <laughs> in the 60s. You know, yeah. not having a music yeah. That DJs. Yeah. But there's a lot more genres of music now. True. Well, there is. And it's... It all comes down to the people with the most. Dis- I mean, were there clubs in the seventies that were hip hop? No, there's no. Yeah, there disco. disco, but there were blues clubs in the in the eighties. That blues clubs. I mean, you could go like Curtis Salgado would play on a Tuesday night, and there'd be a line a hundred people deep to go see him on a Tuesday, and they paid ten dollars a head to go see him, and it wasn't even a second thought. And those everybody's just gotten older, and yeah. the, the people in the twenties they don't want to hear blues. They don't want to hear, and that's you can't really blame them. But well, it's just it's yeah. kind of the way it is, and there's no way of like, hey, how can we make blues cool for kids in their twenties? And it's you know, and it's thank you. You know, it's it's gorgeous. Here we go. Yeah, another interruption from Forty Eight North Pizzeria. (laughs) Sponsored by. You guys know I teach the Doga One Hundred and One here, right? But it is a contribution. Thank you so much, Aaron. I I think it's also people want to see people their age playing too. Yeah, and so it's like, and and also everything now is very visual too, Mm -hmm. like everything. I just we I just played a festival in in Ottawa, Canada, and we were playing, and right after us there was another venue. There was the Backstreet Boys. You know they had like from, yeah. and uh, they had fourteen 
semi trucks with their stage show. Oh my god! And it was this huge well, what thing. Type of- uh, you know, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys, Backstreet they were like, you yeah, know, it's like a Backstreet Boys. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were playing to tracks. There was no band. I'm sorry, yeah, I know wow. that. You know, and it was, it was, there was like 10,000 people, you know, girls crying <laughs> and stuff for that, you know. And it was just like, I'm like, hey, you know, it's just a weird thing. I'm not going to be, uh, I mean, if they like it, they like it, but it, people are not brought up really going to see yeah. live music. Well, I noticed you guys bands. didn't That's do true. any synchronized like move with your hips. No, and, they're not yeah. in. So well, you know, no we twerking. Them, you no twerking on stage. We played so many gigs between us that a lot of gigs that aren't great, a lot of gigs that we, we play for ourselves. You know, we're playing for it like we want to have fun and it's we're all about the music and we're playing to have a good time musically. And... Um, that that's it, and then if there are people around that enjoy that, then it's okay. But we're you know that's why we do it. We're not, you know, I, you know. I think that's you know, part of the reason why John it wasn't wasn't was like okay, I'm done with the musically part. You're just like okay, I, it's not it's not that anymore for me. So um, that's why we keep doing it. It's we do it for each other. For the, just it's true. Yeah. Well, I've never, I've never pressed John on his retirement, but I mean, it, <laughs> me neither. It, it was yeah. kind of. I did like, scratch my head. I won't lie, because he's it so good. Was, I mean, when I when I hear a guy that's played for forty years, and then on the last night that he plays, he tells me I'm never going to pick up a guitar again, a bass guitar, yeah. and he, I'm going to sell it, he's and so I'm good. done. Well, it's. I mean, you, it's a hard thing yeah. to get out of you. Though. No, he doesn't want to talk about it's it. It's a hard no, thing. I mean, not going to press it. It never goes it. away once you get the bug. No, that's but the he hard did part. play the drums tonight. I was See, like, "Oh yeah. crap, man!" I didn't was, even know. He was the only guy he's ever played. He played ba- drums in my band, and he's played bass in my band. Yeah. You other instruments, John, or just. <laughs> Like trumpet or something? You're gonna surprise no, us? No. no. <laughs> I've heard he's a one hell of a zither player. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's because we first play because we enjoy doing it, and there's this feeling that we get. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very hard sometimes, especially when you're trying to do it for a living, that you want to keep that that you know that feeling that you have, and sometimes. You be you're in this situation that not everybody is on that same page, and sometimes it can be more like just collecting a check or getting money, yeah. and or people. So yeah. that that's what can be tough. Let me yeah, let me. You know, that's the get music. You guys yeah. is, we can't we can't. It's different than music. We can't be around people that like phone it in. You know that's it. And, and I think all of us have gotten to that point. If we we can't play with people that that just like hey you know. This is just a paycheck, or hey, this gig doesn't matter. And I can tell you, you know, Jimmy, who's the drummer, he told me a really, a really good story when he was playing with um, Rob Piazza back in the '80s. He had one gig where I think he was hungover and he was worn out, and he just didn't feel like playing, and he just he half-assed it. And Rod turned to him. Jimmy probably was uh, he was in his early 20s. He might have still been. He might have been 20. And uh, when. Jimmy was packing up after the gig. Rod looked at him and said, "You know, that's the hardest you've worked all night." And from that point on, Ooh, from that point Damn, on, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy has Ouch. always, no matter where he's at, 
no matter who he's playing for, no matter when it is, he is always playing the hardest as hard as he can and from his soul. And it was that it was because wow. of that. And that stuck with me too. And he told me that story yeah. ten years ago and I'll never and I take the same attitude. If I'm on if I'm on stage and I'm playing, I am I am playing. It doesn't matter who I'm playing for or where I'm playing. Well let me talk get you guys a little bit into the technical aspect of your music because I was you know, when you mentioned Backstreet Boys, and then I compare that to... I apologize. <laughs> when I compare that to one of the last songs you play where AC played, you allowed AC to yeah. select it, and he gave you, was it B-flat? Yeah. yeah. So how did you guys actually learn oh, the that's scales? Language. Yeah, that's just the... Was that's it, a common language. Yeah, it's a common, yeah. Well, that I mean, we learn I mean, but as you're, musicians. You're either you're into this genre. I mean, you well, can. That's what you I can think. what be self-taught, or you can take mm-hmm. lessons. True. Yeah. How did you guys, in mm-hmm. the very beginning, how did was it self-taught? Was it lessons? Well, and and, and the reason I ask that is because it would seem to me that now, what I heard tonight. I mean, I heard a lot of scales, and you, you obviously have to know the technical aspect of it to make it sound good you have to know the scales you have to know the other aspects of the blues well, some of us here are schooled musicians yeah, and some of us are self-taught and listen to records yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and most of us are both you don't get yeah, by yeah. just on one or the other I don't think no, playing I'm, blues in particular you know you gotta put some other you know that self-taught thing comes in handy mm-hmm. with that part of it, but knowing yeah, the language and the, the technical helps. I am, I have maybe a year or two of theory. All right, not much. I can't sight read. What's what's the, the old joke is? How do you get a guitar player to turn down? You put sheet music in front of him. I'm one of those. <laughs> guys. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, but he's got a degree in music. Yeah, you and know those, from U of O. Those guys and do. those guys yeah. do too. Yeah, but you know. I think, you know, I think about this all the time is like, and I'm sure Alan can attest to this too, and, and John too, it's like, when I was out of college, I knew all this stuff, I could play anything, I was just like, all the scales, all the most, but I don't think I was any more musical than I, I, not more musical than I am now, it's like, on the job training of like, well, how do you, how do you like, you know, be emotional, or how do you put yourself into the song, like, it's really not about the notes or the scale, it's like how you play, what you're bringing to it, you know. So, and that's a lifelong journey, I think. Totally. That's part of the beauty of playing music. That's the art of it. He's got it right. You get all that stuff behind you, the language, the technical, right? You know, if you can, you know, I'm I'm a little yeah. slow, so <laughs> I don't have all that. But I did listen to a lot of records and and it's practice. It's kind of like you know. I think you know people who are good writers that you can, right. you know, you go and you learn. You know, as, as far as using punctuation and sentence structure and stuff, and then you know the idea sponsored is you, by you, after that you kind of forget it, and then you then you actually put. I will hug you too. There we go, Forty Eight North Pizzeria again. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Now what the heck were you saying, Alan? I, I forgot. Now. I'm yeah. sorry. No. no, it's okay. But um, All right. I don't want you to love these guys. What? So, of course, I get my kids. I teach the yeah, I, you know, I, I teach for me, 
So I Kevin was self-taught. What's yeah. that? You were I, self-taught first, and then and then uh, I kind of in high school I had um, a few like I had some friends and parents that were like, okay, you should if you want to do this, you need to take some lessons, and then I ended up going to uh, uh, college. I have a, a music degree, like you know, William and then Patterson. William Patterson. Yeah. Patterson yeah. Those guys. Yeah. A jazz, I have a bachelor of music, a BM. And it hangs in my <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, is that better I, I, than a BS or is yeah. that? Like, you know? well, uh, <laughs> or a BA. But it, it's one of those things that no one has ever asked to see my degree. I'm glad I got it because I learned a lot and I met. It was a lot of, mm-hmm. it was a lot of really, you know, cool people that I, that my peers in college that are doing amazing things. And then I had a few instructors that, that kind of, you know, blew my mind kind of thing. So that's awesome. I'm just now spending the still spending you know the last 35 40 years trying to to figure it out so so when does it so when does it end alan it doesn't if it you know if it does then you're (laughs) kind of it's it's you you know hopefully you know you're always striving to get better and play with better people and and uh you know just so how did you guys get together with it was crazy Tinder. So there was a plate. No, <laughs> <laughs> Tinder. Yeah, not Tinder. So there's a, sorry. There's, there was a place called Duff's on the southeast in southeast Portland. They had a, a, a fabulous blues jam. It's run by Suburban Slim. So that's where we knew to go. I, I went down there. I met Alan. We started jamming a little bit. I asked him to be in my band, and we get down there one night, and Alan leads me. Goes, I think I went to school with that drummer. And that was John, and that's how yeah. we. That's it was just this random thing. He's like, he hadn't we seen him in looked, thirty years. We, we, no, well, listen, at that, that point it was, but we mm-hmm. both looked different. We both had hair, so. I had long hair. Yeah, I had long. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, and you, you were blonde. I was kind blonde. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and how did you hook up with, with uh, Dennis? So Dennis, I'm trying to think how I met met you. I think you were da- it was at Duff's. Well, you, you were dancing, right? You, you, I first saw you at the Out of the Blues. Oh my god! You were doing god. a jam and you had the long ponytail, and yeah. I was there dancing. And uh, I, when you were talking about uh, music, how how we learned. I mean, I started taking music lessons when I was nine years old, and I quit when I was sixteen. Played till I was probably twenty three. And sold all my uh, gear to my sociology professor and moved to the West Coast from Oklahoma City and uh, didn't play for 34 years. I was dancing, listening to Kevin, and he got me to, to come out. I started taking lessons from Dover Weinberg, who's now with Robert Cray Band. You had a 34-year break? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you didn't pick it up. Uh, I, and I was afraid to come out and play. He's like, well, come to my jam. And I said, well... He said, I know how you feel. I see you out there dancing, and I wish I could do that. Yeah. And I said, well, I have a dance studio at home. I'll, I'll teach you to dance mm-hmm. if you show me your songs and bring yeah. an amp and guitar. And we went over that a number of times till I yeah. had enough comfort to go to his first wow. jam. I've been Starting. playing with what, going on nine years now, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. So it started off with him. I would let him play like three songs. He'd learn three songs at a jam, and then... He kept learning more and learning more and learn, and it got to the point where he knew my whole book. And I was like, "Okay, just come on and you, you wow. know, you're pretty much in the band." Because yeah, I, I was afraid, so he wouldn't have me come up as a jammer. He had had me come up with the, the house band yeah. before it opened to a jam. So yeah, 
Well, we could go on for a long time, but I've got one more question, and then we'll close it off because we could we could (laughs) we we could go on for a long time. (laughs) So I I got one more question. Okay. What was your reaction when John Nish called you and told you? I wasn't involved. It was me. When he told when he he called you up out of the blue, and he said. Hey, I've got this gig, and I want you to discount your price, and it's a no-name bar with dogs and a charity. (laughs) (laughs) All he had to say was like, "Hey, I've got a gig for you. It's for a good cause. It's for dogs." So was it was me? Was Kevin was the first, Mm -hmm. and then I got everybody. So and he he was like, "Hey, why don't you ask AC and ask Ben?" I didn't even know what it was. So he called you and said, "Hey, I've got a dog tap house." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is the coolest idea. Yeah, it was like the I point. mean, I live in Southeast Portland, and there is a place that allows dogs outside, but it's not the same as this. This is a risk. This is this like is mixing, you know, your pleasure really with uh, some some very cool rescue kind of operations. It's extremely mm-hmm. cool. It was an intriguing idea. I was like, hey, I got to see what this is about, and I want to help. So he I, called yeah. you, and yeah. then you called AC and mm-hmm. Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we had talked about, we talked about who, we, who we wanted, wanted to get, who would, who would be most amenable to the situation. Yeah. And those guys came to my mind. Because they're, they're definitely some old, old blues guys who are a little cantankerous who would not be up for this. So those two, those two guys. <laughs> and they usually play harmonica. I guess you're yeah. <laughs> and they do. So you're not the can, you're not the cantankerous type. No. He's a well, Ben's a sweetheart. Yeah. Them, I'm uh, the one with the chip. Kevin's He's the no, sweetheart. We wanted so to keep the level up yeah. as far as talent. Yeah. I I will not uh, book anybody yeah. that I think sucks. Yeah. And. I knew Ben, you know, from back in the day. I knew he's a badass, and mm-hmm. AC's a badass. Oh, yeah. And so I got Kevin, and like, Kevin, let's get some badasses yeah. to, you know, be part, that. part of the bill. But I'm, well, I'm not going to get somebody that sucks. Yeah. That but when you say you're not going to get somebody to book, isn't this, you're like your first first booking? What? I know. What do you mean? Have the you first booked, time he booked other he booked events? Somebody. Or? Have you booked other events, or is this the no, first? No, but I'm, I'm going to... No. <laughs> I haven't booked other events, but I'm going to be... I'm going to get people that are... So for, for being your first event, you said you wanted to you wanted to uh, knock it off. You wanted to hit a home run. I oh, yeah. didn't... I don't know if I said that, but... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying get, that. You did. I'm going to get people that can play. Because you're not a promoter. I'm I mean, promoter. it's like... You are now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, John. What's our next gig? I am not. I've, been, I'm not. I've, I've sat not through this whole process, and I've been people that can play. I've sat yeah. through this process, and well, I've been very grateful to the fact that you've done this for me. I was like, damn, no, you know, it's not. Well, it's it's it says a lot about John because he he was a is a musician at a very high level, and he knows what it what. I mean, you can't BS him about, like, hey, right. who can play, who cannot play. Right. He's like, he knows who can play. No he's been around all of us. And he knows. <laughs> I think the, the two things were they got to be able to play at a very high level, and they got to be nice guys. you got to be good guys. And that's what I think that was the big thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to, you know, if someone's going to, you know, somebody that sucks is going to, you know, have a line around the block. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm not going to be a part of that. Yeah. 
It's got to be people that are talented. You weren't going to book the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I'm going to get people that, that I respect that, that are good, good musicians. Yeah. And that's what matters. Well, yeah. thank I don't you. Care, I, don't care about, I don't care about lines around the block or whatever the fuck. I mm-hmm. care about musicians. Yeah. Musicians that can play. That's all, that, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, I think you can find other people that appreciate that same ethic. Yeah. 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 I will uh, say I love it personally when I get asked to do benefits, you know. I usually just, I don't care. I usually don't ask what it pays or whatever. If it's something, if it's something, that's the part of giving back. Because I'm going to be honest, I think music is very selfish. I think musicians can be very selfish. We get into it because we really like that some guys get into it to meet girls but the more you get into it the more serious you become about music it becomes something totally different and you know when you realize that you do end up connecting with people and it really does help and brings people together does all that classic cliche stuff but but it actually does happen yeah and it's a beautiful thing and you know it took me a while to realize all that part of it but you know, so being able to do that is like okay. There, here's a here's not not only am I doing it because I like to feel good by playing. It makes me feel better and whatever, and expresses myself. But I can actually do something to help somebody else a, well, once in a while. Well, that's, thank you so much it. for coming. So that's an awesome uh, thing I to be started, able to uh, started this business with a, obviously a totally different concept in mind here too, because the whole bar is dog themed and I'm really trying to focus on helping the charities and this this particular charity has been interesting because because of their relationship with me and mine with them I mean it's it's like a it's like a symbiotic relationship but I I focus on the dogs and the beer sales itself and when the media comes in to like a freaking bar that has adoptable dogs then I get to mention the charity and the charity is promoting the fact that they're partnering with a corporation a for-profit company Mm -hmm. that fosters I mean it really does work out to be a great symbiotic relationship and we have not built it up yet to the point to where it's sustainable but uh, more and more people are hearing that's that's been the most challenging aspect of this bar is that I thought the uniqueness to the bar yeah. of the adoptable dogs would pack the house from the first month. And what I found out after the first one, two, three months is that the community just looks at it almost like it's just a bar. Mm. And I have to go in... I have to build up that clientele. I have to build up the regulars. I had to build up the people that really value the bar, the location, what we're trying to achieve here. So you guys were a great role in that. You brought in some new people. I really appreciate David Weincheck. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, yeah. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for so, What's that? It's pizza. It's just no. It's oh, just, it's just you want to give a shout out to Forty Eight North Pizzeria yes, again? Thank you. <laughs> there we go. All right, on cue. We got right one more right pizza. On All right, hey guys, thank you so much thank you, for Scott. coming thank here. You thank for you. Having us. All right, thank you. Thank you.
This podcast is a production of Fido's, the world's first dog tap house. For more information, visit us at ilovefidos.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Fido's Tap House.